Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me, as always, is my ever-present, ever-absorbing uh, power friend, Tim. You were almost going to say you're my suck friend, Tim, or something. You were going to call me a sucky person. No, but I wish right? I thought or of something that. something like, yeah, that, oh, shoot. I like this too, but sucky. Sucks the life out of me. Exactly. How are you, friend? I'm How doing great. How are you, my friend? I'm doing quite well. Good, good, good. Indeed. Uh, Frank, mm-hmm. we're already in the fifth episode of Supergirl. Can you Five. believe it? Five. That means we're like almost a quarter through the season. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? It's, you're talking crazy talk, Frank. Much crazy. like some of the people on this episode Ooh, yeah. talking crazy. Weren't they, though? Oh, they were. Frank, let's let's get some mail in here, so see if anybody's talking crazy in there. I'm sure they're not wonderful people. You sure they're not wonderful people? Wow, Tim. Wow. At least ooh. I believe in our listeners. Ooh, ooh, the use of a comma is so important <laughs> in situations like this. That is why I'm a big believer in the Oxford comma, among I other am. commas. Uh, yeah, no, we got lots of emails here at mail at supergirltvtalk.com from our wonderful listeners uh, whom we adore. Adore to pieces, especially those who write to us. Uh, people like Bria. Bria wrote, uh, so this week I do believe we saw, and this is just talking about uh, last week's episode, um, I do believe we saw the second instance of Nia utilizing her precognitive abilities. She woke up and warned James not to go out as Guardian as something bad would happen, and it did. The first time we saw this play out was when in the second episode she was woken up by James and she ran out for an espresso and ran into the pizza shop and ran and ran into Brainy. I think we talked about that last week a little bit mm-hmm. um, and how that probably was a precognition. So there you go. Uh, she all, Bria also says uh, in this week's episode, when Nia wakes, her desk is littered with coffee cups and Red Bulls. I think she might be a little unnerved by her dreams and is afraid to go to sleep. Ooh, I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that as a that that's that's observant, and I think that that's probably that's probably true. That's probably something that when we it'll be one of those details that like when we watch the season again in retrospect, we'll be like, oh look, they were showing us all along, you know. So I think Bria might be onto something. That's called foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Frank. Another piece of interesting, another uh, interesting theory here from Bria. Tell me what you think about this, Tim. All right, Vice President. What if he is actually Lex using one of the image inducers? Well. I like. It. I don't think it's true, but I like. It. I don't know enough about him yet to to have a, an opinion on whether it's tr- it could be true or not. Would we really? We only saw him. We saw him when he was like sworn in, and then we saw him on like uh, video screen. That, that video screen, yeah. Um, but that's it. So I don't. I don't dislike it, but it raises the question of you know Lex Luthor's in prison. Does he have that hologram thing like Superman two? Has nobody come in to check on him? You know, it raises those types of questions. So I'm sure the show could expand itself uh, or could explain itself yep. if that was the case in that direction. Yep. I don't know. I'd like it, though. You know, I'd mm-hmm. like it to be true. Would It would also be a, a waste of that actor, though, to then replace it. Re- true. Replace him by another actor. True. Just it would to play be, Lex Luthor. It would be a sad, a sad thing um, to, to, to lose him. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, there's something interesting about that. I don't. Again, I don't know what I think about it because we haven't seen enough of him to really, you know, plant. plant Do you think my the flag vice on either side of the of the argument? But I like. I love. I'm very intrigued by that idea. Do you think the vice president was supposed to play a more important part in in the world of of Supergirl? But um, because it's not Brett Spiner anymore. They, they didn't go in that. Di- they're not going in that direction. That's an interesting thought. Again, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like there's been a you know vice president sized hole uh, where Brent Spiner used to be or anything like that. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's it's very possible. I mean, there's there's no reason to not think so. I guess I just haven't really seen anything that makes me think that yet. Hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. So, but that's an interesting thought too. I guess we'll see as it goes on if we feel like, wait a second, what's going on there? 
Um, I want to uh, go to next uh, a correction. A, I want to issue a retraction uh, or a correction on uh, something that we said last week. So uh, we were talking about Streaky, right? How there was that reference to Streaky, the super cat. And yes. He, and uh, uh, I think I, I said like, oh, you know, that's so funny, so interesting. That was one of our Professor Comics Corner things. Um, isn't that interesting that they mentioned Streaky? Um, well, we had a few people write in. I mean, this email comes from Ian in the UK. Uh, but we got a few tweets, uh, including our friend Brent uh, and, and a few other folks uh, who mentioned that uh, you've probably had a few people say this already. But in season three, when Kara is in a coma after losing to Rain, that's our first introduction to Brainy uh, when he enters her mind palace and sees Streaky. So uh, yes. it's it's not the first time I had a brain fart and, and forgot about that. Thank you to a couple people who who did write in. Uh, uh, Electra wrote in um and like i said brent and uh a couple others as well so uh thank you thank you uh rachel as well a few people wrote to us so thank you on twitter on email and everything else speaking of twitter uh we got this very interesting tweet that tim i just shared with you to, to take a quick look i'm at. taking a look at it right now actually ross tweeted at us uh and uh unfortunately i wasn't able to find the source on this but there is a screenshot and i will put this i will put a link to this tweet in our show notes for anybody who wants to follow along. You can find that at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Um, and it shows a close-up from last week's episode, close-up of uh, of Alex. Uh, and it's got a uh, her full dossier uh, that, uh, that came up when Lena... Um, uh, came to the DEO and had the whole, you know, rescued, the, saved the day with the suit uh, for Kara. This was, I guess, two weeks ago. Um, she had the suit for Kara and and saved the day. And there's all this information, um, a, a full dossier on Alex, her age, her height. Uh, you know, it says siblings, Kara Danvers, uh, and it makes it, it talks about her her bio. So you know, she was born in such and such a year in Midvale. Her parents' names, you know, uh, Jeremiah and Eliza, all that. And then it says something about. Um, uh, a psychological evaluation. Alex Danvers uh, reveled in the... F- this is very, very small and hard to read, so forgive me. Reveled in the fact that she was the star at her family before Kara arrived in 2003. This had a profound effect on Alex and... F- uh, I think fostered. Fe- fostered, thank you. Is it festered? Fostered jealousy because of Kara's extreme and superhuman abilities this was compounded by the fact that Kara seemed to excel at math and science on a genius scale uh that goes on from there so it mentions Kara having extreme and superhuman abilities in this bio of alex that pops up on screen from from lena from lena from luther from l corp technology uh it says something about Kara's superhuman abilities so ross and i'm led to believe also is saying you know could this mean that Lena knows Kara is Supergirl? My vote is yes. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Un- uh, unless this information is plugged somehow into, say, like the DEO the supercomputer DEO. or something like that. I don't I it could go it could go either way. I kind of like that it's in there. It's like a it's like a weird like, hey. We foreshadowed it. It's, it's it's right. It's right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's either at this point that's either an oversight or that is a deliberate, you know, tiny little Easter egg um, for us to to again, like maybe one of the things that we would go back and see later and, and notice later. But I kind of think she knows. I'm. I, I think it makes more sense. Like it's it's again the simplest solution, right? I talk about this a lot. When there's a few different things, you know, oh, it could be this, could be that. The simplest solution is usually the one that I go with. And mm-hmm. I think the simplest explanation is that she knows. If she knows, do you think that Lena is treating Kara any differently in this season than previous seasons? When they were trapped at L Corp and they were in the elevator and all that, I think she was hinting in small ways that she knew. I mean, in the small ways of. Hey, did you did you see that? And hey, are you going to do this? And I trust you, trust me, you're much safer with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. You're much much safer with me. Um, and and lots of of little uh, snippets of dialogue where she was 
I think like she was like, oh right, like 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 oh right, I forgot. I'm supposed to pretend that I don't know. Um, I I think she knows. I think she knows. Yeah. This this is making me think more that 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 she knows. Um, so thank you, Ross, um, for for tweeting at us. See our 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 listener um our listener feedback comes to us in many ways: Twitter, uh, Instagram email all of it so um thank you so much to everyone who sent us uh feedback this week mail at supergirltvtalk.com or at tv supergirl on twitter are the best ways to do that and we really really appreciate that also uh you know this show is brought to us by some pretty incredible people uh and and frank and tim frank and right let's let's talk about how great frank and no this show is brought to us by our patreon community uh and we really really appreciate and love each and every one of you who supports us at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio we couldn't do the show without some of your help uh it's because that you are so generous and uh giving us you know as little as a dollar a month that we're able to to put on this show every week. We're able to upgrade our equipment when when things go wrong. We're able to have uh, you know extra equipment for for our different shows and for all of our different hosts. Um, we are able to um, pay pay the server costs and things like that. It's it's stuff that needs to get done to bring this show to you for free every week. And we really appreciate that. Some of you feel you know I'm going to kick in a dollar a month or whatever to uh, to make it happen. We're happy to provide all of you with um, special special uh, privileges, special content for becoming uh, Patreon, Patreon support supporters. We have our Supergirl for, uh, uh, first reactions episodes that come out every week instantly, just minutes after the episode airs on live on TV. We've got an episode out that uh, is sort of a secret podcast, secret subscriber podcast just for you guys. We've got our uh, early access to, to Beer with Geeks episodes and Academy Rewind episodes before the rest of the world gets to hear them. You get to hear them at patreon.com slash Thought Bubble Audio. And uh, we also have a little segment we call Cut for Time, where Tim and I will have a conversation about something. Maybe it's something that's only it's too short, doesn't really fill a full episode of Beer with Geeks, or maybe it's a fun conversation we had off air between recordings of shows, whatever it might be. Um, we'll throw those things up there just for our Patreon subscribers. You can only get that at patreon.com slash audio. It only costs as little as a dollar a month. You know, if that if if you enjoy this podcast, that's a quarter per episode, 25 cents a week. Um just to say that, hey, you know, I, I I like what you guys are doing, and here's here's a buck to 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 make things a little easier for you. We appreciate that, um, and we appreciate all of you. So if that sounds cool to you, you want to check it out, Patreon.com/slash/ThoughtBubbleAudio. You'll get your own custom feed that you can plug into your podcast player, so you can listen to those special features and everything, or those early access episodes. You can listen to them in your favorite podcast player. Um, or in Patreon's app. Hey, if you want to, you can. But uh, you can you can take your your custom feed and subscribe to it anywhere you want, any app you like, anywhere you can get your podcast. You can listen to the the Patreon content as well. So check it out, patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. And thank you so much to everyone who supports us over there. I thank you, and I support you over here, Frank. You know how I thank support you. you? How you're welcome. How do you? I support you by taking notes hey, on this show every every week, Frank? And now. We're going to move on to Storytime Village. All right, this time because that was a good bit. I don't have that many good bits. There were there this... were not. Yeah, this was a pretty dense episode. There was a lot of like story happening and not a lot of sort of like little little mm-hmm. little bits. So that's great. Yeah, there were there were not some bits, and sometimes they they're gonna kind of move themselves in i think sometimes they might move themselves into the storytime village section so frank let me tell you about the three themes this week that i want to i want to pull apart because i think that the one the invisible theme that is always there is the the xenophobia the racism right you know that's that's a season-long theme that's a season-long thing theme i don't want to talk about it every week Uh, we can talk about it within the context of all these other of course smaller ones and so here we go. I like this idea of uh, I like the theme of health, you know, just general spiritual and physical health. Okay. Because it was a major theme over here. I also maybe would call it maybe immunity or growth in some way. Mm. I like this idea of truth versus perceived truth. Uh-huh. There's uh-huh. a lot of that yeah. going on yeah. here. Totally. And, and then this theme uh, in fear mongering. Which yes. is a, a bit of what, I, again, I said, you know, 
season long theme. Yes. But this one yeah, it gets yeah, a little yeah. it gets a little specific here. So let's go backward and let's talk about this, you know, health immunity or you know, maybe um wellness, you know, health and wellness. Yeah. Because that's really what this this is about. First we start in with the whole episode starts in a rooftop plant in a rooftop garden. So nice. One, so nice. Love that car. I planted all of it. It's amazing. But starting in a garden is not an accident, mm. right? They can they can be anywhere, but they're at a garden party. One that they won a really nice garden party, mind you. Yes, this is true. And then, and then on top of that, they're drinking the those ginger mimosas, and Brainy is like ginger roots burst immunity. Which I really thought was going to come back and play into this episode oh, yeah. later, like oh, but if she has an infusion of ginger, that could yeah, fight yeah, the yeah, right. or something like that. Never came back. That and would I was like, be nah. a, that would be such a like typical like five act TV show sort of like you know that that would be like in act one we found out that like ginger boosts immunity and then in act five they, that all came back when they remembered wait a second I just need ginger where can I go to get ginger well I'm Supergirl so I can fly to the ginger capital of the world. Stop and shop. <laughs> yeah. Or, I was going to say, or Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah, tra- your, your local supermarket. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Remember, you know, but, kids, support your local greengrocer. Because ginger. Like, we need to go get sushi. We need to take all the ginger. <laughs> Does ginger ale count? No. So, anyway, speaking of ale, Brainy gets shwasted. Slizzard. Which I thought was the best thing ever. I didn't know that Kaluans could get drunk. But here we well, are. it took him a long time to get there, but but, but boy, I did liked, he get there! I like drunk Brainy. It was they're, fun. again, they're really pushing him. Yes, you know, into yes. that forefront, and I like him more every episode. Yeah, he's he's you know we could probably have like a Brainy quote of the week if we really thought about it because it seems like every week he's got some of the some of the fun the fun stuff to say. Um, mm. the, very much the way Wynn did, where it was sort of like. Yeah, the, the the funny, nerdy, um, uh, socially awkward uh, sayings come from Brainy now. But he also has that like fish out of water, yeah, thing going to him, which is a little bit like more than just to say like what Wind did. You know, like Wind would sometimes say awkward things, but yeah, but Brainy was... doesn't even know that he's saying something awkward, right? Which is more music i love that like well you found me why didn't you you asked you why didn't you call me you asked me to find you not call yeah. you hilarious yeah, that was great and the the like litany of of information that he knew about her at 522 you went outside and bought a scone you know like every every little piece of information is like <laughs> creepy i love it he's not nearly as stalkerish as he appears yes and like so like, what's nia supposed to make of all this because she doesn't know about any of the DEO superhero, none of that stuff. Oh yeah, that's true. So for for her, Brainy is just a a weird guy, a creepy guy who stalked her. A, well, an alien, you know. I guess no, she does don't know forget. he's an alien. That's true. That's true. She does know he's yeah. an alien. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so who knows? And I don't think. I mean, I don't think the DEO is not a secret agency. So no. I don't. So I don't think it has to be well, a secret that. Isn't that it, Alex it was... is the director. It used to be. It's not anymore. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess they're. That was a whole thing. Yeah, in, you're right. You're in right. season two, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yes, they're no longer. They're no longer underground. So yeah. So I guess she would know. But I got the only thing she doesn't know about then is is Car being Supergirl. Really, that's so, correct. So that kind of invalidates my whole argument. Never mind. Move on. Okay. Move great. On. Great. <laughs> Ignore me. Ignore me. Well, anyway, who we're not going to ignore today? We're not going to ignore Amade because Amade. this is kind of this this alien healer because this is this is what the whole episode is kind of wrapped around, right? You know, the first thing we see him do is heal a sick, potentially paraplegic child. Mm-hmm. You know, so so instantly we are granted this idea that Amade is on the up and up, right? Yes, like well, yes. only only wonderful people heal children right he you know, must and, be a good guy look what he just he just healed this child there we go he must be a good person amadeus amadeus, amadeus, amadeus. um what i really what i liked about him healing a child is that when we learn later in the episode that 
he has kind of ignored his own child, Elizabeth, later. It's an interesting, it's an interesting dichotomy that he's going around healing the physical needs of children around the world and right. people around the world, but he's, he can't, he cannot heal correctly, I guess, the bond of, between his own family or between himself mm-hmm. and his daughter. You know, that there's, it's a different kind of healing that's needed. Physical health only gets people so far. Right. Because he's kind of presented as this, you know, spiritual guru, but it's mostly about physical healing. And he kind of needs to be pushed into more of the spiritual healing format in his own life first. And then almost as like a martyr, you know, later yeah. in the episode. And because that amulet gets stolen, right? And so he's dying. So he's dying because of that, which is funny because he's a deadbeat dad. Hey. <laughs> Got him. Right? <laughs> so... <laughs> right. So, so that kind of goes into this idea of truth and perceived truth with Amade, right? Because... You know, there's the car writes this article about him and, you know, it's, you know, like St. Amade, he's so wonderful and he's so great and he's, you know, he's doing all these things. But then she finds out in reality, he is just, he's not, a, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say he's a bad person. He's just a regular person. Yeah. He's got a checkered past like anybody else. Right. Your past is so checkered. You're even wearing a checkered I'm shirt a checkered right shirt. now. I've right. got a checkered shirt. In the you're wearing present. your past. You're wearing your past on your sleeve, I, Frank. Yeah. Is what you're doing. Yeah, and I got to put my behind in the past. You got to put your behind. No, no, no. You got to put your past behind you. There it is. Listen, kid. No, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Hakuna Matata. Uh, so yeah, I, I, yeah, he's he's just like anybody else. It did kind of strike me like, really, Kara, you didn't like do a little bit of research before you published the article. I feel like that would have been like par for the like. Normal op- standard operating well, procedure is like sort of, sort of though, because but she's she's like beating herself up over not knowing that he had a secret daughter. Of course, but you know like, what I mean. Like when you write uh, when you write an article on somebody, right, and you're portraying only one aspect of it. Like there are other a, a reporter asks him or herself questions, right, when they're when they're pursuing a story. It's so like what's the whole story. Can this person That's just true. be good? Can this person just be what they appear to be on the surface? She only reported on the surface level. So I'm not actually, I'm, I'm less criticizing Kara and I'm more criticizing the decision to have that be like, oh, what if she publishes an article and then it turns out that it wasn't the whole story? I'm like, I I would challenge the writers to, to give us a better explanation than that. Yes, especially since at the beginning of the season, we were given this Kara that is great at being Supergirl and great at being a reporter and all of this different stuff, right? You know, like that she's she's got a handle on both sets of her worlds. Mm. And so this could also be kind of the first cracks in her okay. that we start to see as the series progresses because, you know, she thinks the world and herself are in a good place. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe this is the first sign. This is really the first sign where it, the, her world's starting to crumble around her. Okay. And this maybe seems like a small fissure right now, but it's only going to get bigger. Mm. You know, this okay. almost like forgetful thing about just like, oh, she was so anxious to just see the good thing, right? As she has been right. wanting to do this whole season. Right. She right. didn't bother to even, like you said, bother to even ask if okay. there was something worse than that i would be very on board with that because that is consistent with the storytelling this season where she has been reluctant to even see that there was anti-alien sentiment where she was reluctant to even see that there was you know hatred and prejudice and everything else until it until it was basically too late so yeah that would be consistent and i'd be okay with that speaking of anti-alien sentiment frank let's talk about colonel haley versus you know like alex's perception of her versus who she really is because Mm. Because we were given a Colonel Haley who at the beginning when she shows up, not even in this, just this episode at the beginning of the season, where it was like, hey, I'm here to make sure that you're doing your job and, you know, blah, 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 government official thing. And it's going to be real a lot of red tape and all that kind of thing. And we're going to be your, by the book. 
Right, going to make your job super hard. Right. And then throughout this whole episode, we're like, wow, we're actually a pretty good team, and we're trusting mm-hmm. one another, and we're doing what, you know, like, it's all good. And then at the end of the episode, she's like, man, I'm glad it's you and not that traitor, John Jones, am I right? What an alien that guy was being an alien. Why did you get that dude fired right away? Blah, blah, blah. And now it's the White House. We're so happy when that alien is gone. You know, the White House where there was an alien in the White House for four years. Yeah, we were really happy to get that alien out of the D.E.O. Exactly. So happy. So anyway, um, so so there's that like speak. It's like that digging further thing. Right. So it's like that same thing that. We just accused Kara of not doing, of mm-hmm. not digging deeper. But the show presented us with a Colonel Haley that we were like, oh, hey, maybe she's on the up and up. Bloop, 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 bloop. Going to enjoy this episode. And at the end, they were like, bam, she's not on the up and up. She's like, not the by way, the way you think. by the way, I have I have terrible opinions. <laughs> just so you well, know, I want to make buttons of that and hand them out to people. <laughs> <laughs> I have terrible opinions. <laughs> Ask me about my terrible opinions. I love that. Just by the way, I have terrible opinions. That's fantastic. Just hand those out on election day instead of I voted stickers. You get terrible opinion stickers. Yeah. By the way, I have terrible opinions. Oh my so, god. So anyway, so so I mean we we accused Kara of doing this thing where we we're like, hey, you you know you should have dug a little bit deeper, and. And then we didn't bother to ask the question during the show. We like we accepted the the colonel that was being shown to us, and we were like, "Oh, maybe we were wrong." Guess what? We weren't really wrong. Yeah, right, 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 right. They they subverted our expectations twice. First, exactly. they made us think that she was going to be evil. Then they let us think, "Oh, okay, she might be all right." And then she turned out to be pretty bad after all. Right. So, you know, I don't. Hmm. I don't, I don't know, Frank. Do Where you think you that she's up? Do you end up liking Colonel Haley or not? Well, see, I did until that scene, but nobody messed with my boy John Jones. Nobody. Right. Now, can we talk about it, Detective John Jones? Am oh, I right? I was so stoked about that. I got so excited, and the way he played with that hat and everything. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. I know. So for those of you who don't know, when John Jones first appeared in comics, he was a police detective. I guess this and is a little bit of a Professor Comics corner. You know what? But I didn't put it in there until right now. So I want to save it for when he's actually being a detective John Jones. But just oh, as a right, gen- right, right. just as a general, that's a John Jones thing, being a detective. Yeah, it is. So, so stoked for that. I love that. So I was on her side until she until she was like, bam, no, I don't I don't like aliens. And I am just like, why? Why all of you with the whys? You're more than happy to go oversight over like oversee the DEO and work with Supergirl and like call Supergirl in and all that. Although she wants to ground Supergirl a lot. Yeah, that's true. You know, she's all about like, oh, Supergirl can't fight this battle and blah, blah, blah. Supergirl shouldn't have to do shouldn't do this and all that kind of stuff. So maybe she we should have seen it coming. Um, Fair, fair. Uh, yeah, though. She was. Yes, she wanted to ground Supergirl. That's true. But once Supergirl was there, like under the dome, she was she was cool with her. She's like, well, you're there under the boardwalk. We fall in love under the boardwalk. <laughs> under, under the, the boardwalk. Boardwalk. Under the big dome. <laughs> the big dome. Anyway, so so that's kind of where we that's kind of where we stand there. But we have a few more truth and perceived truth things going on here. We have I thought that was one of the best scenes in the episode was um, that alien Miles in the 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 group yeah. there in the cantina. And he's talking about how one day he didn't want to wear his image inducer. And so he goes out and he goes to the diner, get a cup of coffee like he does. And he says, is a new waitress. And like myself, I was watching the scene and I like felt like 
the dread coming almost. I was like, oh, no, new waitress. She doesn't yeah. know about right. him. Right. Whatever. But instead, they subvert my expectation. They're like, and she was like, I'm an alien, too. Here's my number. And now we're dating. And it's yeah. all great. And she doesn't wear her image inducer anymore either. I really liked that story because this idea of giving up the image inducer, it was so important to have the image inducer just five episodes ago. Right. And now we have the story where two people are giving them up to kind of just say, hey, here I am. Mm -hmm. Here's my question. So these aliens can get to Earth, you know, but but it, it clearly is a place of bigotry and hatred. So they're staying because like there are a lot of other planets out there. Why is Earth so special to them? I mean, we haven't been told that in you know an, ex- an actual explanation why in in the show. Um, I think two things. I think there's probably two things that you know I'm trying to put my put my sort of writer's hat on. And mm-hmm. what I would say if I was a writer was would be two things. One, um, well, look what's happening in the world, and why are people still trying to come into Europe or into the United States when there's a lot of people who don't want them there. Um, is it because there's other opportunities that aren't there in their homeland or because they're escaping war or whatever? That might be sure. That's yes. one thing. The other thing I might say also is it doesn't really matter because they shouldn't be met with that hatred. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't be like, well, why wouldn't you just go, like go back where you came? I know you're not saying go back where you came. I, I understand you're not saying that, but, but that they shouldn't even have to worry about that. They should just be able to come and go as they please and feel accepted and, you know, uh, dignity wherever they go. But I think those would probably be the two things that a writer would, would, you know, sort of um, lob back at you as questions. Sure. Now, I think the this, first one probably makes more sense. They're probably escaping wars and, you know, famine and genocide and whatever else. Yes. And I agree with all that. And those were in my head kind of when I asked the question. I think my question is, if you have the ability to travel the stars mm. in the galaxy, there are a lot of planets out there. So what makes Earth the place that you decide to stay, yeah. especially if it's just a kind of mech place for you? But sometimes it could be, like you said, and like in that first one, like, you could go to any country in the world, but you kind of people still come to the places where there is a perceived like presence of goodness or um, uh, acceptance, oppor- opportunity. Oppor- opportu- opportunity or anything, anything along those lines. And maybe those places don't really exist in the galaxy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it could very well be a, like as simple as a real world example as, hey, we spent all of our money. I spent all of my money getting to Earth because I heard it was a place of opportunity. Guess what? Now I'm stuck here. Yeah, yeah, very, very much could be. Yeah, I, that's just a just a question that was in that the is, forefront of my mind. I've never thought about that before, honestly, until just now. So, so yeah, that makes a ton of sense. You know, I like to make sense, Frank. I so like to make sense of it. Mm. Now, I have a bridging thing, you know, because yeah. we have this truth versus perceived truth into fear-mongering, and that would be the People's Veritas, you know, the Ben Lockwood fringe group internet website kind of thingy, and I know you love some Veritas, Frank. I don't know what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I I don't know what what (laughs) Frank, you see, has a giant tattoo of Veritas tattooed (laughs) on his chest. (laughs) What if I really had the Veritas symbol from Smallville, like, tattooed, like, on my entire back or something, like... I would say that would be... a strange Smallville tattoo to get. If like yeah. there were a lot of all the different tattoos that you could get in the world, that would be the one that you would choose. Very strange to me. Just like of all the things, really, you went with that one. All right, just start. All right, mm-hmm. sure. Okay, yeah, that's you. You made that decision. Good, good on you. Good on you. Whatever so anyway, you, man. So what do you tell me about the people's Veritas? What do you think about it? People's Veritas seems like it is meant to be a uh, a an analog for uh, you know fringe fringe political groups um, that have their websites where they publish their manifestos and they publish their uh, you know they blog and and give updates on everything that they're doing and events they're going to be having and uh, you know commentary on the news and oh see this this person or this politician or this public figure said this or that and that proves that we're you know that we have to keep fighting in the culture war or whatever it might be um, um you know th- those are those are some of the things that i think it's supposed to be uh 
supposed to be symbolic of and uh, be reminiscent of in the real world. Veritas is a Latin word that means truth. Uh, so it's, you know, the people's the people's veritas, the people's truth um, is is what the name of it's supposed to be. So clearly, you know, Lockwood thinks he's bringing the truth to the people. Um, and and yes, Tim, to your to your point, there was a, a, an arc and a, an episode of Smallville called Veritas uh, that that was the season before um, uh, the Doomsday season, which was the season that Davis Bloom or I'm sorry, Sam Witwer was on. Mm-hmm. character so uh for a hot second i was like wait a second is this like like a small film? is this like a little bit of like a nod you know his website being called veritas like is that a nod to his being involved with the veritas arc and small but then i realized no no that was a different season so um it's probably just coincidence but uh yeah that's that's the that's the deal with the, the people's veritas that's the story so you know what? What did you make of that? And what did, I looked to see if that was a real website because sometimes they'll do that, and it was. It was not. They did not actually have that website. That's too, that's too bad because it's catchy, has a nice ring to it. Yeah. I mean, not that I wanted to have that, you know, content, but you know, it's a. Well, I was hoping that the CW would have created it for uh, as like oh, for purposes. marketing purposes or anything a lot of times like that. they'll do that. I think there is some kind of a law that, like, if you, I'm not sure, if it's a law or a, or a policy that many networks have that if if one of their shows shows a url on screen they need to buy that url really i know nbc does that i learned this from conan because he used to do this bit when he found i think it might be maybe it's a policy at 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 nbc anyway and i'm not sure if others have it too but conan used to do this bit back when he was on nbc where when he once he learned that this was nbc's policy he would start to do bits with like very vulgar sounding uh, URLs so that NBC then had to buy that URL and then once once the NBC was forced to buy that URL anyway he would put a website at that URL with that's that very hol- that's like, hilarious obscene or, or like innuendo uh, type of, of name it was very funny so I, love I wasn't that. sure if they would do that here if they'd be like oh we have to buy the URL because we use it now but I guess they didn't nope oh, but oh well I like that though that's fun that's a fun fact Frank mm. I like your fun facts I'm full of them so he's writing, he's blogging, he's doing his thing. He's writing, he's blogging, he's doing his thing, and and James kind of gets a hold of it. You know, that's where that's kind of where we learn about it because he uh, Ben does a an episode on James and Guardian, and he still has this like, man, do I might be the Guardian? What do I do? I'm, I'm being the Guardian, and all all that kind of stuff. He doesn't sound like that at all. I actually really like no, James's story. I actually really on. like James's story. <laughs> that was spot on. Yeah, I think that's, it's so weird every time he switches into that voice, but he does it every week. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, he sounded a little Italian. Like, it was like a bad Italian. Like, I need to do it. It's a me, a James Olsen. It's a me, Guardian. Yeah. So anyway, so Ben Lockwood in this fear-mongering thing, so he's putting it out there towards the people, you know, and he's putting it out there towards the people and he's manipulating James kind of behind the scenes. We're going to see this double manipulation act play out this yeah. truth versus perceived truth thing. If, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. because Ben Lockwood wants James to basically be the voice of the, the kind of the, or the hero of the people, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, he says that that, he says at the that uh, address where James is supposed to be the keynote speaker, and it's all very exciting and all this stuff. And it was actually like, oh, just <laughs> you're here because we want you to be here. <laughs> Got you. So, um, so he says at that, you know, he says there that we have other heroes in the world. You know, we have the super cousins, and yeah, they do their thing and blah blah blah. But you're the first superhero like human superhero that we have, which also tells us that Batwoman is not on Kara's or it's not on Earth 38. Right? Yes. Not yet the, anyway. Not yet, but not right now in, in, in that instance. So anyway, so, so we get that and this whole thing is manipulated by like Ben Lockwood, like the whole thing is manipulated. The parasite stuff and, and, you know, and the draining of powers and blah, 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 which is also, I guess, of course, of the health and growth and, sure. you know, 
variety of things. The villain is literally draining the health out of people sure. and powers and so on and so on. And so, And then, of course, he's not getting anything back in return. So sucking the life force out of people, whether you're doing it spiritually or physically, it's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Look at that. Doesn't pay. Doesn't pay, Does, kids. Nope. Don't suck life forces out of out of people, kids. All right, if you're listening. Um, please don't suck the life force out of people because it doesn't pay. And also, fear-mongering is never okay, but cheesemongering is always okay. Cheesemongering is good. I agree with that. Here's the thing, Frank. Ben Lockwood has, or you know, Agent Liberty, whatever you want to say, he's manipulated this whole situation. And it's basically been, it almost feels like it's been just to get James into action as Guardian. Mm. Right? That's kind of because he's like leading him to this place to then be in the same room with him when there's an alien, quote-unquote, alien attack, to then say, oh, if only James Olsen would would do something as Guardian, he'll protect us, blah, 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 all this stuff. Because Lena and James at that party were talking to that guy, and the guy said something about something derogatory, you know, and, he, and they said, oh, don't tell me you agree with that leftist or that, you know, um, mm. that, you know, way whatever... Ben Lockwood, and he said maybe he's more centrist than you think, mm-hmm. which is and and that was their their like centrist you know reporter there who was saying that. So he was he oh, was sure. supposed to be okay. like I the, wasn't sure who he was. I I missed that I, bit. Lena just made made a passing comment of, but you're the centrist here. Like you're the you're the moderate, and he was like, well, maybe maybe Lockwood's more moderate than you think, which he's totally not. Um, but it goes to show that Lockwood is coming off in a, he's trying to appeal to people to reason, right? And he's trying to be very rational and be like, oh, look, you know, I'm just a man of the people and I'm just, this is, here's all the reasonable reasons why you should hate people. Um, and, and this centrist guy is actually buying it a little bit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, but, you know, we have seen a lot of this hate mongering throughout, all of these episodes so far. And so maybe Lockwood is becoming more centrist. You know, maybe he like is starting at the beginning of the show. It's, it was kind of leftist, but now he's really moving more to left of center, which is, you know, which is scary. He's really getting the city on his side. I don't think he's so much. I don't know that I think his, um, his opinions are changing and he's moving more to the center. I think he's just giving off more of a centrist facade. Mm. Like he got fired from the university for being too much of like a right winger, uh, too much of an extremist. So I think he's trying to in public temper that a little bit so that it's not such a hard pill to swallow. Um, and to, to, to win people over, over to his side. Um, now, What's interesting about that approach, I think, is that he's now talking to James and he's like, you know, if you want to change people's mind, you know, it's not enough to bash in heads. You've got to bash in minds. Dr. Horrible. Good quote. Yeah. Uh, but that that's essentially what he said to James. He was like, you know, you could just fight and, and call people, call people names and tell them that they're that they're being hateful. Tell them that, you know, that they're this or that, you know, or you could see see what's actually happening here and the fact is people are scared people are like don't know what to do about all these aliens being here and they're they're scared and they're nervous and they're afraid of getting hurt they're afraid of losing their jobs they're afraid of their losing their families etc so you know maybe you should talk to them as people who are afraid and and not as people who are just purely filled with hate maybe you should you know think about that and that really rocked james's world a little bit and he thought about it right he was like oh maybe i do need to like if i want that like they're still doing hateful acts right they're committing acts of violence and 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 killing aliens in some cases like that needs to stop but maybe the way to stop them is to like get rid of the fear rather than calling like telling them that they're murderers or whatever like maybe if you tell like tell them not to be afraid maybe then they won't do terrible things it's an interesting idea i don't know that i fully agree with it in a real world setting because like if someone's killing people you stop them killing people like done Mm -hmm. but in a fiction superhero fantasy setting it's an interesting sort of thought experiment well that's it's interesting that you say that because that's kind of mirrored in a one-on-one setting between alex and jensen right you know Mm -hmm. this final standoff Mm -hmm. thing under the dome and she she flat out says to him don't let fear define who you are right right this is a one-on-one you know 
I used to, you know, believe it, you know, believe in you and who you were. And I was proud of calling you a colleague and blah, blah, blah. And now you're this, but I think you can be, I can still be proud of you again. Don't, you're just afraid. We were all kind of afraid at first. So, you know, like, but take a step back here. And he, and, and uh, Jensen's response is basically like, like, well, even if I give up, he's still out there. Yeah. So, which kind of runs into your point, which you were saying, you know, like to, you know, you don't just, I don't know. I don't know how to, maybe, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but do you know what I'm getting? Do you know what I'm getting at? Maybe. Yeah. That the way that you handle the situation can change the outcome, right? Like if you just, if you fight fire with fire, you get a bigger fire. But if you fight fire with a bucket of water, you put out the fire. Sure. Potentially many buckets of water. Yes. Many buckets, depending how big the fire is. Yes. N- yes. Many, many buckets. Yeah. But but that's the idea. I, I think that, yeah, that's, I didn't really even connect that Alex's conversation was like a, a you know, sort of in the same vein as what Lockwood was saying, but you're absolutely correct. Mm, absolutely well. correct. And that's a very Superman type of thing, very hero kind of thing, right? Like, how, giving giving the villain a chance to the very end like come on you it's still not too late i feel the you know luke skywalker i feel the good in you like all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's, it's a very like hero hero th- heroic thing to do is to to um hold out hope that the bad the villain will will be converted at, at the last moment um, exactly exactly alex is pretty awesome like that and then oh, pretty heroic to kind of even backpedal and mirror off of not backpedal, but to mirror off of that, you have Kara's new article series that she wants to do this mm-hmm. aliens of national city, which is basically an anti mongering piece, like an ongoing anti mongering piece. So if you see, you know, these are the good, these are the profiles of good aliens doing right. good things for the city. Maybe that'll start to turn people's, minds that turn their ideas and that's all like it's all these three things are all wrapped together exactly you know it's the battle of ideologies and then james is going to go and do his own thing and he's like hey i'm going to go be undercover because i'm a reporter and sometimes that's what reporters do i love that i i really like that too um i don't knowing james in the way that james's stories kind of play out here i don't think it's going to end well for him Mm. I'm nervous about that too. I'm yeah. nervous about I'm nervous about not ending well. I'm still nervous about him being, you know, um, I'm still nervous about him being a sort of a symbol for the you know, for the the anti-alien crowd. Is there a name for that movement, you know, like is there Children of Liberty? Well, I guess Children of Liberty, yeah. I guess so. I guess so. Uh I guess that's like yeah, that's the org- Yeah. All right. I guess we'll go with that. Um I wasn't sure if Children of Liberty was like the organization, like uh, Lockwood's organization, and then I don't know, whatever. But yes, that that group for sure. Um, well, there's I think there's the general xenophobic crowd. Yes, and then the maybe the more active participants are the Children of Liberty. That's yeah, that's right. But but them and their supporters um, are still using Guardian as uh, their symbol, um, and as their you know, he's kind of their they consider him their hero, um, which makes me nervous because that could still end badly as well. Mm-hmm. So that and the undercover work together uh, kind of make me wor- worry and wonder what will happen next. Yeah, I, I I wonder and worry myself. So that actually ends Storytime Village, Frank. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to that was a good bit. Things that we didn't get to talk about. All, all right. throughout this other thing. Number one, drunk brainy. Already kind of talked about it. Brainy. Worth saying it again. Super fun. So good. Loved it. Um, I think the first time Parasite sucks the powers out of somebody and then is like yeah. flame hands. Pretty cool. Yeah, the whole Johnny Storm thing was pretty cool. I liked the flame effect. It was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We didn't really Lo- talk about Parasite much, but he had a few cool moments like that. Yeah, I um, think Parasite was mostly for like the good bits, but it wasn't actually... Like it was, I don't know. There wasn't besides that the end kind of turn with you know don't let fear define you. Mm-hmm. He was kind of not really present mostly. You know what I mean? Like sure. it was it was almost like a I could have gone for a more like 
almost like Jack the Ripper vibe. Mm. You know what I mean? I would really like that. Like, oh my, like that one guy that finds him like, hey, this guy's dead. And then he, you know, Parasite comes and gets him. The guy with the ridges on his head. Just, Which, just hanging out in an alley waiting for aliens to come by so he can suck their powers. Yeah. Actually, I think the guy with the ridges on his head was a Vor. Um, what is the alien that Kara fights in the pilot episode of Supergirl? Oh, uh, uh, ba, 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 ba. oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue because. Well, it's Vartox. That's what Vartox I was... was the was the name of the guy. Yeah. Yep. That's what I was thinking of, but um, I can't remember the name of the alien. But if that helps you, his name was Vartox. Yeah. 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 So Why anyway, don't we move on, and I'll come back to it. Sure. So anyway, so so I I liked that bit. The big dome was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed the guard. The the we seem to get like one like guardian clip, like you know, last or last week of the week before was guardian on a motorcycle you know tripping up some people and this week is guardian doing a big flip and saving people with the shield and that's like you we're only seeing him do like what like he shows up to do literally one thing he almost feels like when you're playing um like a capcom or like a street fighter game where you have like your tag in person where Mm -hmm. they come and do their special move and then they leave that's kind of what guardian has felt like oh sure yeah, I get that. I get that. All right. Yeah, I kind of need to I'm see like I I kind of want to see it be him be worth it. I guess to come yep. in, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. So anyway, uh, I loved the I loved the super saving cars. Got to save all the people. I always love it when when superhero saves civilians. You I know, feels good. It. Feels it always good. feels good. It feels right. Especially yeah. on a show like this. Exactly. Feels right. Loved the fire ice ball and then punching it out. That was pretty yeah. great. There that were was, lots of good bits like that. It was pretty great. And then, of course, the fedora of Detective John, jo- oh, John Jones. Man. Pretty yes, great. Detective John Jones. You're right. Detective John Jones. I mean, the detective is John Jones. Yeah. But those were my those were my yeah. good yeah those were my good bits there weren't like I said there weren't a terrible it was more story oriented it was yeah it it was pretty story oriented um by the way the uh, Vartox's race he's a Valeronian oh so it was still a V all right it was a V V for Valeronian hey all right I'm here hey are you ready to do Professor Comics Corner Frank or do you have any more good bits you want to throw out? I think I'm good on good bits. Yeah, what's going on with Professor Comics Corner? What? What? I'm trying to think. We talked. We talked about some stuff last week. So what was there this week? So this week, Frank. Well, one, I can tell you actually a little bit about since Detective John Jones actually popped up, and we've been kind of, kind of talking about it. And Professor Comics Corner didn't sure. exist when when this show started. That's so true. I can actually go backward and tell you a little bit about the origin of the Martian Manhunter, if mm-hmm. you'd be, allow me to do so. From comics. I think it's relevant. Yeah, indeed. He first appeared in issue number two two five, number two hundred twenty five of Detective Comics, mm-hmm. Frank. So, of course, that being a the book that Batman first appeared in in nineteen thirty nine, and then continuing the fine fine tradition of being you know a detective book. Uh, that was in November of nineteen fifty five. He was created by Joseph uh, Samoxon. S A M A C H S O N, Joseph Samoxon, and artist Joe Serta. And of course, he comes from, you know, Jean comes from Mars and all of that stuff. We are already fairly aware, we are fairly aware of that. So basically, what happens is that um, Jean Jones is accidentally transported by a man named Dr. Ertl to, uh, from Mars to earth and he kind of and he gets stuck there and dr ertl dies because the like he wasn't expecting to bring an alien to his presence and he's like oh my god and then he basically and so he basically keels over because of that shock and has no way of sending jean home and so jean has to wait for technology to catch up martian technology to catch up so that he can go to he can go back home to mars that's the original story Mm -hmm. we've seen of course many different versions of that where you know he you know mars has been wiped out he's the only last survivor stuff like that blah 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 but original john jones decides to become a detective you know to fight crime 
while waiting around. And so he adopts the identity of John Jones and lives in Middletown, USA. It's probably in the West somewhere. Hard to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With a name like Middle, where else could it be? It's probably in the West. I mean, who's who's really to say? Midwest. I'm going to say Midwest. Let's say Midwest. Sure. That's fine. And so so that's basically... So that's basically um, that's basically it, and he's gone through a lot of. John di- has gone through a lot of different versions of of his like place on the plant, a place on Earth. Basically, mm. um, the the detective John Jones himself, you know, like as that that identity, you know, you know, apparently like dies at one point, and so he moves on to like become a different identity and so on and so on and so forth. And so, but I'm excited that it's going back to like original, you know, almost like totally. original, you know, uh, Martian Manhunter in the bronze age, 19, like the 1970s, 1980s of comics. He was a private detective instead of a, instead of a, like a detective for the police force. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're pr- I would argue that we're probably going to see more of that style. It looks that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm totally on board with that. I love, I love the idea of like John Jones Private Eye. Me too. What I, I love the idea of John Jones Private Eye, especially when it comes from Darwin Cook's The New Frontier, DC yeah. The New Frontier. That's because what he, I'm picturing too. Yeah, because he gets the idea of being a detective from watching TV. He's like, got to learn about Earth culture, going to watch some TV, and there's just a lot of detective shows out there. Mm-hmm. So he basically grabs his identity and his way of speaking from older detective shows yeah which is pretty yeah, like cool. dick, dick tracy type stuff exactly pretty great so yeah. that is the first section of professor comics corner the second is the origin of this parasite of jensen alex yeah. jensen as his name actually is first appearing in action comics number 340 of august 1966 he was created by none other than jim shooter the creation right. of the legion of superheroes where Monel and Brainy and all that come from. That's right. So he was, tell me if this sounds familiar to you. He was a plant worker and basically found some biohazardous waste and, uh, and became the parasite because of that. Hmm. Sound familiar? Hmm. Sounds like another parasite. I know. Yeah. Sounds like Rudy Jones, who was the parasite that we probably, it was the first parasite on the show. First mm-hmm. one that we knew from from maybe comics or Superman the Animated Series, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Rudy Jones in the – so um, this one, Jensen, died before Crisis on Infinite Earths in the comic books, which reset the DC Universe in 1985. And um, it's mentioned very briefly in Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow, the Superman send-off story. And it turns out that Parasite – died fighting his partner Terra Man. Mm. T-E-R-R-A hyphen M-A-N Terra Man. Sure. And so they and so Rudy Jones, the second parasite, is actually created by Darkseid because he quote remembers the original one and wants to cause havoc for Superman. So he recreates that biohazardous like material, whatever, and 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 Rudy Jones finding it, and turning it into the parasite. That's all mm. contrived by Darkseid. So, mm. I know, crazy. So there you go. Uh, that is original parasite. I'm a little bummed we didn't see like purple parasite in this one. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for that. I mean, we did see it already with the Rudy Jones version, but I, I know, but I want to see it again. I know, it's me cool. too. Me too. Me too. Especially the whole idea that he was, you know. Like he was infected by parasite, I was kind of hoping that like that would the infection would take over and he would get purple and look like parasite. But that's all right. Indeed, it is all right. So, Frank, before we talk about the trailer, why don't you tell mm. us where people can find us, and then we can do the trailer. How's that sound? Oh, so you mean if somebody doesn't want to get spoiled on next week's episode, uh, they should they can stop listening now and not worry about missing anything. That's right, a Rooney. Oh, all right. Well, in that case, I would suggest that they find us at SupergirlTVTalk.com. That's where they can find the show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes. That's where they can subscribe. Uh, you know, you can find this show anywhere podcasts are found. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Overcast, 
Pocket Casts. I don't care what podcast app you love. Uh, you'll you'll find us there. Uh, so check us out at all those places. Um, that's all at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com is the best place to get in touch with us. Send us your feedback, uh, your thoughts, your theories. Um, if you want to correct things we've said that were incorrect, please feel free to hit us up there. At TV Supergirl on Twitter. TV, uh, Supergirl TV Talk uh, on Instagram. And uh, Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio is uh, the best place to support us. Like I said, for as little as a buck a, little as a, buck a month, you can uh, you can get on that train and get all kinds of goodies uh, from us. But enough about that. Let's talk about our upcoming episode of Supergirl, which is going to be hitting the airwaves uh, next week on uh, November 19th. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be entitled Call to Action. Indeed. Ah, oh, Frank, I did it again. Supergirl, episode four, season, um, oh, no. episode f- five of season four, entitled Parasite Lost. Great pun on Paradise Lost. 11, 11, 18, directed by Joseph McWhorter, written by Maria Magenti and Adrita Mercury. Uh, I can't believe I did it again. Stupid. Stupid. Whatever. Anyway, the trailer this week, we get the mob with some Agent Liberty masks, um, kind of a la V for Vendetta, but doing some doing some terrible things instead. Yeah, it was like V for Vendetta, except if if V for Vendetta was like the clan. Exactly. Exactly. Crazy. I'm I'm into it, Frank. It looks good. Because it's hard to fight she's super powered, right? So it's hard for Supergirl to fight a crowd. Right. It's just it's not punch punch it. You just, and yeah. and if they're already not willing to listen to you, what do you do? Right. Right. You can't just be like, oh, it's me, Supergirl. Let me inspire you with my words. They don't want to listen to you because you're an alien. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting episode. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting because she will be put in this position. You know, we're talking about winning people over, winning over their hearts and minds rather than just punching uh, or just calling them names or whatever, mm-hmm. even if the names are justified. It'll be interesting because she can't win them over with her words, presumably, because they're they will have been so, you know, set in their ways that there's no change in their minds. So then, being Supergirl, the only next thing for her to really do is to start punching. But if she does that, she kind of almost pr- or confirms their fears, right? Of like, oh, we should be afraid of all aliens. Ah, oh, look, now she's even Supergirl's attacking us. And and Lockwood was even the one who said, like you said. Yeah, you know, the super cousins are here to protect us most of the time. Um, so even if so, if the children of liberty start start uh, not trusting Supergirl, even you know, then then they've gone completely off the deep end at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. She's in this catch twenty two situation of how does she fight back? How does she stand up for truth and justice? It'll be very very interesting. It will be very interesting, and I'm looking forward to watching it frank we already have just a few episodes left before the break too isn't that crazy no i know yeah we're so we're so close to the break um we're also really close to the next kevin smith episode which is gonna be 408 it's coming up pretty soon um so that's exciting too we have a lot of things to look forward to here um I'm looking real quick to see what the where the season break is going to be. Yeah, so we've got next week is called action. Week after that will be uh, rather the fallen rather angel. The fallen angel, and then week after that will be the Kevin Smith episode, which the title has not been epi- uh, announced yet. And then it's the Elseworlds episode on and December eleventh. Epi- uh, yeah, uh, episode nine will be will be the Elseworlds one. So, um, does that? Yeah. Yeah, that would be the next week. Yeah. So very interesting. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, I misspoke a moment ago. Uh, next week's episode is on the 18th, not on the 19th, because they're on Sundays now, not Mondays. You fool. Silly me. Me, I'm a fool. Fool of a duke. Um, so, yeah. Uh, just a, And then presumably we'll be taking a long break um, in, in mid-season there. Uh, let's see. Last year, it was about a five-week break. So presumably something similar this year, where after that December, did you say eleventh episode? Mm-hmm. Um, presumably that would be the last one um, for December, unless we do one more on uh, on Sunday the sixteenth, which is 
possible. It's very um, possible. That's cutting. That's that's a little close to the holidays at that point, but they, they you know, stranger things have happened. Last year, our two last seasons one, of it, in fact. Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, last year, we got one episode after the crossover, and that was on December fourth, and then we didn't come back till January fifteenth. That's true, so was, but the crossover last year was the eighth episode, and this is the ninth episode correct. because they wanted to avoid the Flash's one hundredth episode. Correct. So. Oh, that's true. They wanted to avoid the Flash's 100th episode. I bet they'll do one more then before. I bet they do one more week of episodes before the holidays. Yeah, so 11 before the holidays, and then we'll get 11 after the break, the Christmas break, right? Yeah, yeah I bet. I bet we get... Or ten, or we'll do 10. 10. I get, I get we get 10 before and 12 after. Okay, cool. That's my guess. All right, well, Frank, this has been delightful as always. Yes, sir. And so I think that until next time. Up, up, and away.